Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. I'm Kyle. I'm Ethan. Today we will be discussing nuclear deterrence. WMDs. Didn't exist. Uh, yes, they did. Who am I kidding? Yeah, what? Um, oh, <laughs> Iraq. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. If, if you're talking about weaponry, every country, every state, no matter the situation, wants to have enough of a powerful weapon that others say, oh, no, no, don't mess with them. Right. And in the real world, it's nukes mm-hmm. in the modern era. You know, I think previously. Increasingly becoming potentially cyber someday. Yeah. Like, it's just, what is the thing that keeps people afraid of attacking you? Right. For me, the best example of um, nuclear deterrence is in when we're talking about a movie or fiction of any kind is Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Have you seen that movie, Kyle? I haven't. Oh, Kyle. Once again, just add it to the list of movies that I shame you for not seeing. I I will happily accept that because it's an oldie and a classic. It is. And those ones I do feel shame as like... Someone who appreciates culture and wants to make sure I tick off the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only saw Casablanca last year. Really? Um, yeah. We oh, talked about it because I watched it. And I was like, holy hell, this movie is so that. good. Yeah, it's so good. It holds up so well. Absolutely. Dr. Strangelove, similarly, will yep. hold up well. Got it. One of the reasons, and what I'm about to say will not spoil the the plot over it. This is part yeah, of the yeah. plot setup. Yeah. It's also like seven years old. Yeah. It's a long time. Um, the Russians built a nuclear deterrent for mutually assured destruction, but didn't make it public. And <laughs> that illustrated, though, a very important point about nuclear deterrence. People need to know. People need to know. Yeah. Right? Because otherwise, if they don't know, if it's not made public and no one knows, it's then- It's just a secret weapon. It's just a secret weapon. Which like, which or, you would do if you want to win the war and right. you want the war to happen. Right. But if, if you, you don't want, want the war to avoid ha- war, how are you going to keep people at pace? So a couple examples could be one, mutually assured destruction- you attack us, we have a policy, we will immediately attack you back. Then you start getting into physical, geopolitical locations, nuclear submarines, that type of thing. Um, or you need something that's going to say radar detection, where we're going to attack you first. We can see you coming faster than you can see us. We can respond faster than you. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. Just a couple aspects of nuclear deterrence okay. on yep. top, that off the top of my head yeah it's one of you know the alliances and the yeah the who, other one being alliances and you know who's on your side who will help you mm-hmm. uh who will come to your aid nato you know yeah like world war one only started because everybody was like no we we, we have a defensive pact no we have a defensive pact no we have a defensive pact uh, oh we all have defensive packs ah yeah. fuck and now uh, we ended up with survivor survivor yeah alliances and oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, you're speaking to to my language, but yeah. I don't understand why Survivor has been. Yeah, no, I stumbled my way into uh, Latin. Like I just stumbled my way into a dead language a little bit. Um, but yeah, the nuclear deterrence. Like, all right, so I'm coming to attack you, Kyle, in your fictional world. Okay. How are you going to deter me from doing that? Sentient minion mushrooms. Fuck yes. What's your deterrent? Give me your three. I just need one. Okay. Chaos. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's pretty simple. Yeah, um, but it's good. Yeah, okay. Um, but you'll, you'll see, you'll see. You'll yeah, get all right, I, I want to hear more about these magical sentient minion mushrooms. <laughs> hit me hit me with what you got. I was, love this. I went weird. Um, um, yeah. But so I was thinking about the size, because when we talk about nuclear deterrence, it's usually larger 
countries that would mm-hmm. have a weapon of a certain capability mm-hmm. then you have the smaller like in the real world you have like rogue states like mm-hmm. north korea iran who aren't super well connected and aren't necessarily big but they want to have the nuclear deterrent right um and so thinking about you'd have a smaller almost like an elvish uh you know enclave mm-hmm. republic whatever off to the side that's you know doesn't want to get caught in the chaos of what's happening around them with like you know, classic humans going to war and building their empires mm-hmm. uh, and just saying, no, 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 don't, don't you fucking bother with us. Right, right. Don't you get close to us. And that's because they have control over nature in, okay. a, in a very real way. All right. And they have uh, a little, not a little, they have a, like a vast army of these little, I made the mushrooms for the sake of just yeah. the Why image of it. Absolutely. But it could be anything. Of, no, and, we're going to stick with mushrooms. Okay. But sentient mobile so they can run and they basically invade your land if if they are commanded to right and they act as a pestilence mm. but they only destroy natural resources all of it they don't oh, they, that's cool they don't attack people okay so they won't kill anybody outright yeah but they will ruin all your land they they will they will poison the water oh, cool. uh for right. like 50 years they will uh They'll act as parasites on all the plant life. Right. So they'll destroy all the trees and all of your crops. Right. They, uh, and which will in turn kill any livestock right. you have and kill you. Right. O- over time. And they're Imagine so. Imagine all the spores, like mold starts yes. growing places. Basically. That kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. Okay. Like very, yeah, yeah. very circle of spores thing. But the reason, like, I think the critical thing for me is that they are, you can. You can kill these mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make them. I don't want to make a, a, a disease because I want it to be something that can be stopped. Got it. And that's because they're part of their thing is saying, if you try to come at us, we're going to overwhelm your entire country with these things that are such a resource drain because mm-hmm. you can kill them. They're minions in right. the very much in the D and D term. It's right. One hit point. You just have to hit them. Right. But there's billions of them. So it, you have to devote tons of people and mm-hmm. time and resources to just swatting them away to kill them because if you let them get through they'll ruin you is it also the the type of thing where you know you see in video games sometimes when you you kill a monster and then it explodes afterwards so like maybe if you kill one of these mushrooms and explode. that no. doesn't stop it it releases more spores no. No. I, I think it's one and done okay oh i assume i don't assume i'm declaring that i declare i declare that bankrupt they, today <laughs> that they are born in that kind of way got it there okay. is some spore mother that exists in their you know in the elvish republic mm-hmm. where they are like cultivating this minion army in the tunnels below and then whenever they need to they just like r- remove a grate yeah and just like whisper down in there with like magic and tells them all which direction to so, move so so it's not like these are bred as a weapon i mean they are but it but they're they are a naturally occurring creature they're naturally occurring like, but they have you learned can use how- them in encounter design in a forest somewhere maybe right yeah Oh, I'm thinking of them being like really small. Yeah, like we're we're talking baby Bella mushrooms. Mm-hmm. They are not uh, the, you know, they would be size tiny in a D and D right game. Um, so naturally occurring, maybe, maybe not. That's uh, you know, that's up to whatever. Yeah, whoever wants to make that decision. I'm, but uh, getting back to to my point about them having to be stopped. Mm. The logic I was thinking about is that. Because if it's just we'll destroy you, that's one thing. But if but if it's you can you can invade us, but the cost will be everything. Like 
you have an opportunity, like you have a choice now. Yeah. Do you go deal with the problem because mm. you can stop your destruction by simply killing all the mushrooms mm. or do you keep coming at us? Right. And we'll just keep sending more mushrooms and eventually we will break through and destroy everything and we will have wasted a bunch of resources and time on your part. So it because it's it's draining their resources more if they choose to to attack you, not just pure destruction. It's 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 a war of attrition of or not a war of attrition, but it's a sort of it's a resource drain. It's yeah. we're we're gonna start bleeding you dry. I like there's a movie from the nineties, Mystery Men, where yeah. um one of the characters it's about like loser superheroes it's actually really funny one of the characters uh played by tom waits is a super engineer but he specializes in non-lethal weaponry and i think this is a great example of non-lethal weaponry i like that it's not it's lethal but downstream right but its goal is not to kill people like yeah it's 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 a scorched earth policy right like yeah. it's it, it's indirect yeah destruction indirect death yeah which which i like i think that's very i think that's fun and you could use it i like that they're minions because i'm thinking of a couple ways that you could use them as a creature or as an as an aspect in a game right uh-huh. in a DD campaign maybe it's the type of thing where soldiers from that world maybe carry, carry some around like in little pokeballs so that they can throw them, you know, if the party starts fighting some soldiers, they throw them and then oh. like three or four pop out. And if the party doesn't kill them, then they start yeah. doing, you know, like they causing start... poisoning damage or well, then it becomes forcing a... saving throws or something. I think that's a cool imagery. And I, because th- I think of them as it's a public good issue. Okay. You, you want to kill the mushrooms because they will destroy the land, the resources around there. So if, if you throw them at soldiers and they don't give a shit about this land that they, they're on, yeah. they're not going to care. So they're really good as an offensive tool, not as a defensive tool. No, that's what I'm saying is that like soldiers have them as like a weapon that they can use in combat. Okay. They need, where they throw a Pokeball like a grenade, it pops open and then four or five of these mushrooms pop out and start like running around doing Okay, thing. yeah. My imagery of it was completely different than that. So got that, it, got it. I was, I, I misinterpreted uh, what you're saying. Got it. But then that works really well if it's like you throw it into the supplies at the back. Yeah. Like, oh, is that your water source? Oh, is that is that your the food for this army? Mm-hmm. Well, you better deal with that because yeah. I'm about to destroy it. Um, And it's, it's a little bit more subtle than a fire. Right. You can set fire to it. Sure. You can't set fire to the wire, the water. Um, what did I just say? I just said wire. I don't know. Adele set fire to the rain, though, so I think you can. I think you, why, why limit yourself? It just works. Dream big, huh? It just works. Um, you just do it. Um, in the immortal words of Shia LaBeouf, you have a a a deliberately neutral nation. Yeah. That enforces its neutrality by a by a deterrent, and I think, and what I wanted to think about, and I remember somebody talking about this, and I don't remember who. Uh, so not crediting it, uh, but this was not an original idea. But they were talking about, especially in games, is you often start like you rarely work, you you rarely f- in the the third nation. Hmm. You're, you're you're either on one side or the other of a right. big conflict between two powerhouses. Right. But playing, you know, in the real world, Argentina. Right. You know, Egypt. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't matter. Vietnam. Just yeah. Like, sure. Some country that's like pretty powerful in the world, but they don't have, but they are not China. Mm-hmm. The, or the U.S. Mm-hmm. or Russia. Right. Or they have the influence but not control. Yeah. 
And being that in a fantasy world is it, it, very fun because you get that, what's the identity? Why is it so different? Why are they neutral? Why have they not emerged or merged with these empires that are so Hispanic? Yeah. And here you have a little elven enclave that creates a bit more mystique about them as well. It's mm-hmm. like, what? That, like the fact that they've maintained each other and maybe they're feared because people know of their potent control of nature right and how dangerous that is right. so that if they come walking in elves being feared as rather than like revered in the very tolkien sense you know you see right. them and you're like oh they're beautiful right and they'll kill me if i make them mad that they'll right. destroy my fields right if we're you maybe know, they are elves but they're just like gross mushroom elves. <laughs> like, maybe that but i like the idea more of that it becomes an urban legend that they are feared yeah that, that they are seen as these potential warmongers these potential war criminals who will just scorch earth everybody mm-hmm. but they don't even do that they no. maybe did it once and but, everyone just is like oh no, no, no don't fuck with them because they'll ruin your nation forever but that's interesting because then if you bring in the idea that i was talking about with the pokeball that yeah. could be a version of oh they you know maybe they discovered they captured a soldier right like someone captured now for some reason it doesn't yeah. matter why and they discovered on their person that they'd weaponize these things. And uh, they're like, oh, are they planning something? They've never been weaponized like this before. Yeah. Why do soldiers have them? This yeah. used to be a and defense. And then you get, you get into an arms race thing. and Sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the, the intel that tips off the one of those empires to, right. to get awfully concerned and active. Yep. And then maybe start, you know, moving to take action against the elves. Right. Yeah, that's a cool, cool story. I like it. Yeah. So a couple, couple ideas. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. And, and the mushrooms, it's like, it's just super fun. Like, it's cool. It's cute and also kind of creepy. And uh, yeah, they, I think it's cute if you want and make it really uh, fucked up. Yeah. Just a cute little Mario mushrooms. Yeah. Fuck, I love that. All right. Well, that's uh, my sentient, sentient mushrooms. M- yeah, sentient minion mush- mushrooms. Minion mushrooms. Sentient right. minion mushrooms. All right. So let's go to your bowl, Noodles. Let's talk about chaos. Chaos. Um, I was thinking about... Rome? <laughs> no. I was trying to think if it would work in there. No, it didn't work. Um, so this said. idea this idea came from, from two... This idea is a combination sort of of two ideas, right? Number one, it's the, um, the end of Oppenheimer. You know, one of my favorite things about, about Oppenheimer is... Uh, and the story of, the de- of Los Alamos and the development of the, of the A-bomb is... There were theories. It, there was a non-zero chance that the atomic bomb would set off an atomic chain reaction that would not stop. That yeah, would because it was going to ignite the atmosphere, right? right? So. And would destroy the world. And I liked, I, I, I like that idea, so, uh, which in the movie was an amazing scene where they're like a non-zero. N- yeah, that was so great. There's a chance we're going to do that. Yeah, uh, he's like, it's very small. Don't worry. Like, it was hilarious. It was so good. Yeah. I like the idea of that chain reaction. So that's that's one influence. The other influence, so you had deliberately neutral, mm-hmm. right? Like you 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 had like enforced neutrality. That was your nuclear deterrent, yeah. right? Like that was a purpose behind it. Mine is not so much if if you hit us, we will do something in return. I like the idea of a passive neutral nuclear deterrence in that if you hit us it 
this will happen. It's not going to be anything that we do to you. Oh, it's, you know, if you will trigger something, you yeah. will, if you, there's a, us, there's a defense that's set and we can't, we can't undo it. We cannot undo it. Yeah. And so I was kind of playing with that ideas. And so I came up with the idea of in, of a world in which magic is not this magic, invisible, ethereal force, you know, the weave or the force or whatever you want to call it. Or, yeah. Right. Magic is a substance. It is like a stone, a material. Oh. Okay. It is sort of sort of like an obtainium, more like vibranium though. Because here's here's why it's important. Vibranium from Black Panther. From Black Panther, yes, thank you. It is important because in this world, magic is found primarily, not exclusively, but ninety-eight percent of it is found in this one nation. Okay. Okay. Magic can be used, it can be processed and refined to be used to create different effects. So you can process magic to, you. so you still end up in the world having different spells, like different magical effects that are not always chaotic, right? Yeah. But in its raw, unprocessed form, if you set fire to magic or there is enough kinetic energy near magic, then it explodes, but in exploding, it doesn't cause immediate just fire damage. It's 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 raw. It's raw magic, so the effects are completely unpredictable. Okay, right. So it could be it could teleport. It could create a tree. It could make it could reverse gravity. It could just vampiric, be fire. It could be fire. It could make a vampiric cloud made out of eggplants. Like it could do that, right. That like sounds fun. Literally anything. Like it is. It is raw possibility in physical form. Yeah. The nuclear deterrent is that this nation has lined its entire infrastructure with it, so that if there is a attack, a physical attack on its country, on its city, on its yeah. capital, on its anything, it will trigger. A chain reaction of magic chaos that cannot be stopped. Mm. Okay. It could be, it could be, and it could be, like, I am thinking of it because you inspired me to think of it as being non-lethal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe it's not just going to be a... Like raw destruction. It could right. Just be it's more like anything. the wild magic table. Yeah. For the wild magic. It could just be a bunch of flowers are propping out. Right. It could be a fireball. Right. It could be a fireball. It could be like, oh, here's, oh, look at this goat. Oh, why is this goat? Don't trust it. Uh, Don't trust the goat, right? That kind of thing. Like, I like that. That's fun from a storytelling mechanic. Yeah. And then you also get to the point of where maybe the magic being around these people, like it starts having weird effects. You know, they inhale too much of it. They get weird. They get kind of crazy. Like there's there's stuff you could do there. So that's my idea. So it goes off if there's kinetic, if there's too much kinetic energy. Right. So only, does that mean if people attack a wall with mm-hmm. a sword mm-hmm. or with a cannon or something, mm-hmm. that 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 makes sense. It would go off. Mm-hmm. If it's the whole infrastructure, is it on the roads? If too, if people walk on the roads, is there is there a danger there? Does does this does this country have to? have a culture where everybody takes their time and moves very slowly. And everyone- oh, that's in- I hadn't thought about that. That does make sense. Yes. Number one, I think that is a good natural offshoot or a natural result of this. Number two, because this is the country that like it is their primary resource, it is their primary export 
export. They are experts at working with it. Yeah. So they know kind of inherently what they can and cannot do. Maybe they have all, they've all made shoes out of magic. Exactly. That they know right. how to, that it, it will not react. Right. Or they all walk around barefoot because the similar, because, you know, because yeah. skin is not enough to generate it. Wait, right. So uh, you could, you could play with how this visually looks in the world from a cultural and societal perspective. I guess. Right? And it, you can replace the, the substance with anything in this situation, mm-hmm. but what's the point of having magic? What's the point of exporting the substance magic? Because it's just chaos, right? What do you do with it? Well, I imagine that they refine, they are masters of refining it. And and then that makes it into like, just like what we would consider magic, the, the more like correct control. This correct. is this is how you make floating objects. This is how you make correct uh, teleportation circles correct. and portals and correct. Um, Almost more like it's more like materia in the Final Fantasy world, right? Where it, so in the Final Fantasy VII world, materia is is a a gem like substance. It has different colors and it can do different things, and yeah. it's all sort of refined, uh, naturally occurring magic called the life stream, which is like the life essence of the world. Yeah, and so this is sort of influenced by that. So they refine it, and it's like okay, so maybe red magic you know red magic crystals do are are teleportation you can work with it you know and it comes with very specific instructions of how how to use the red magic to teleport blue magic makes things levitate or negates gravity right you can play around with it it can have whatever effects that you want and then you can get into a color system or a number system i don't care yeah shape system make it maybe triangles or or, or, trapezoids right it doesn't matter right yeah but that is my is that this is their primary they they are the most they are economically the you know they control one of if not the most powerful substance on the earth but you could also make it a world where there is another substance that they need that maybe another world has water yeah and they're trading magic for water and that but that's the economic and then the other world could have some sort of water pollution thing where if you attack us then the entire water supply gets polluted, right? I, you play around with it. Well, I, I, I think my concern, not my concern, but just I think a logical result would be, well, they would probably become conquering country because they have control over the thing that is so powerful and that becomes the capital from which they launch a takeover of everything. And well, just, and that's why I think they're, I, I like the idea of limiting it. By and, having a, a counterbalance exactly. somewhere else. Yeah, because that's, if, if you don't, you're just going to have them Almost, unless they have a very isolationist mindset like Wakanda does in Black Panther. Absolutely. In, in a similar context, like just saying we're, we're isolating ourselves. Right. Um, otherwise, you they would probably just go, well, we, we, because they can't be. When, isolationism, like, like Wakanda isolates and secrecy is huge in that. And they no one knows what they have. Right. Everybody needs to know. It has to be public. It has to be public because it's a turn. Right. So everyone has to know. And then I would assume they also have the double deterrent that everyone knows they have they have sole control over this product. Yeah. And they could just invade us with that or what, or what have you. They are a yeah. they are a coiled spring. It's not the only deterrent necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. We we have more than one. The, the United States has more than one form of nuclear deterrent. Okay. okay. But then so what's take a second and say that they don't have to be the only people to do that. They could just, they could make an alliance and sell magic because I think at the core of this is building infrastructure that can't be attacked. Right. 
That so, is that is the idea. It is, and that's yeah. what I mean by passive deterrence. Yes. So then you can take out like you because you, you can take out a lot of these pieces and it still works. Right. Like you can take out the magic as the specific Correct. name of the substance. You could take right. out the 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 one controller of it. Right. You can take out the chaos element of it. Right. Because you like, could you could just say everybody has magic. Mm-hmm. Like they have the like it's all over the world. But one country actually figured out how to embed it into their infrastructure That's right. safely. That's right. Where they can, and and they know how to work with it. Much like the nuclear bomb was being developed by everybody, the U.S. Mm-hmm. just got it done first. Right. Uh, USA number one. You could do that with this. Just Correct. everybody's working on it, but say Rivendell <laughs> sure. gets it done first. Drivenell. Drivenell. Uh, they get it done first, and then that's a deterrent, and no one can invade them. And now, mm-hmm. and now you have an arms race. Yeah. Could be kind of fun. I, I liked, but that, but the, but the point for me, the, the, the appeal of it was it's not if you do this, we will do something to yeah, you. Yeah. It's just you can't attack us. That's you, a bad you, idea. You, it's, and it's a bad idea for everyone. Like yeah, you physically can't like don't which, get, like you can if you want to, but it will be entirely on you, which it's not that we did anything to respond to you. It's just it, it you did it. It creates an interesting story opportunity, especially in like a D&D game is somebody else wanting to activate it, mm. and, and which I because I think your point. Yeah, it will. It's bad for everybody undermines my thought of it becomes an arms race because not everybody's going to feel comfortable putting that in their infrastructure because they don't want to be the ones responsible because they don't have control over when it goes off. Right. Because then all you need is one enterprising demon who just comes out yeah, and says, yeah, lots right. of souls available. <laughs> if I, true. all yeah. I got to do is fuck up this, this town right here and everything right. goes to shit. So you, you either have to like fully make that a story beat. Right. Or, un- or explain why they wouldn't just immediately go, oh, well, we'll just this will be easy. Just go down there with a sword and just smack a wall yeah. real hard, and boom, everybody's dead. Right, a whole world is destroyed. Yeah, it is so, a huge vulnerability. I'm not saying that it isn't. Yeah, like, but it, again, it just make it work. Like, I don't care about that. You yeah, build the story around it. It doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. there are logic holes all over the place. Yeah, yeah. In fantasy and fiction, absolutely. Um, but. Going down the logical and just tweaking it yeah. to like how you can maybe uh, take that and make it work. Um, what if you could program it a bit more? So it, sure. remove the chain reaction, I guess, where it's if you attack this infrastructure, it will launch a bunch of fireballs directly at a location we predetermined. Okay. And then it's up to you to like like you don't know what it's aiming at you don't know where the programming has said for these fireballs to go it could go to your your, your oh, capital. so it's like it's a like a randomized program no, or something I, i'm sorry I, I should be more clear the the end the attacker doesn't know what it's programmed to attack got it the defender do, like the people who built the infrastructure know where it's programmed to go and maybe they can edit that maybe they can change they can change mm. some glyphs and say like okay our enemies no longer uh, driven Dell. Now our enemy is Drohan. So mm-hmm. then they just they move it over there and say, "Now you don't attack us because we will like this will happen to you," and, and give them a bit more control. Yeah, that could work. That's kind of cool. I think it could also work if you just small scale it more, and say, take it as a mechanic for one artifact. This is our. This is the most important artifact in the world. No one can fall into it. It can't fall into its hands, and it's the it is the magic 
like pure it is chaos mm-hmm. and it won't be a full chain reaction but it will be like a a localized chaos yeah like within 100 miles pure chaos right is that potent but it can't be moved from its location mm. okay so then you can't sure. like you can't you it can't be mined it can't be refined and it, it can't, can't become be... it can't become a bomb yeah it it, it is like a artifact uh, that's cool. like in a mountain it's like the mountain itself mountain i don't itself. know like it's something that is that's, immovable that's cool and i because that could be a if we follow that idea that could make it more it's less deliberate i mean it's still very deliberate but it makes it so that there is it, it puts more emphasis on the people that can manipulate it that can you know forge it or craft out of it etc right it also makes it more of a natural and pun in, like pun in term, but it's a naturally occurring focal point. By that I mean, it's not necessarily something that is controlled by one group, one nation, one faction. Maybe it's something that the whole world treats as special, as special or revered, and it is a neutral ground. Yeah, it ha- because it's enforced neutrality, sort of like your your mushroom. Like this is an enforced neutrality. You physically can't do anything here. Well, it's like and it could it's be like an your, interesting... em, your embassy thing that was like in the sky. What was yeah, it called? Yeah, the Meridian, the Meridian, Meridian Gate. Gate. Yeah, the Meridian well, Gate. A, this is a neutral embassy that everyone can go to for negotiations right. for various things. Uh, and then, but you create like a you you get make it bigger and you say this is a refuge for the sick, for the needy, for right. any, oh, yeah. anybody who's a refugee of war. And it's almost it could be run by an angel. Yeah, who who lives there? Absolutely. And says, there can be no violence here. If so, everything outside of here will be destroyed. Right. Because I can con- I contain the blast. Like, like I I control or I protect this area with my magic. Right. But if you attack this, everything outside of here for 100 miles is going to... I like it, that. ...is going to feel the chaos. And it could be... That could be really from, from a game design perspective because it would be a way to eliminate... You know, the primary conflict resolution mechanic in most TTRPGs is combat. To set it in this, to have a conflict in this setting would mean that conflict is off the table or combat is off the table. Oh, that's interesting. You would have to talk it out. You would, it it is enforced diplomacy, which again is the point of mutually assured destruction. Or the combat has to be much like in Dune where they had to slow, like they had to slow, everyone had the the armor that you couldn't shoot. Like if it was too fast, couldn't go through the armor. You you have a similar thing where you can have combat it has to be slow, right? Because you can't have too much kinetic energy, right? So you can still you can stab a guy. It becomes much more about assassination, right? It's killing people without them seeing. You Stabbing, coming. poisoning, choking, strangling, strang, strang, strangling. Like, there can't be a struggle, right? It has to be quiet and efficient, right? Which also can be really fun for a TPRPG, absolutely. But also very different pace. It's much more about plotting or whatever, right? Um, but yeah, it, it, so there's yeah. there's a huge amount there. So yeah, the 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 core idea is passive passive deterrence yeah which i think is a good idea and then you can just play around with that play around with however you want i'm gonna stick with the the the, og the the og like this is magic is this is like a magical substance or magic itself it is pure possibility and chaos and if you if there's too much energy or kinetic energy or a match near it it all explodes starts a chain reaction turns the world into a chaotic mess yeah boom yeah well i think that's that yeah, so speed yeah. Ra- we, can, we can move on to the speed round, I speed guess. Speed speed round. Yeah. Um, what's your speed round? Go first. Okay. What? What is that? This is this the sort of Damocles? Yeah. Is that the one where that's like above the above uh-huh. the world? 
Well, it's, it's over the dude's head. But, yeah. Yeah. But do that. Like, uh, the, <laughs> we've talked this before. It's like just a giant sword in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, World of Warcraft did this with uh, one of their, I think with the next expansion, they have like a thing we'll think about. Anyway, uh, just a giant sword being held above, uh, above a nation mm-hmm. and just saying, you attack us, this drops. And like we're and we are cleaving your country in two physically. This is a physical sword. Yeah, it's a physical sword that's giant yeah. in the sky, just as a reminder. Yeah. And it's from uh like a super super powerful empire put it there, and they to their rival or to another kingdom that's being too uppity, and just says, "We are in we are in control here. If we want to come conquer you, we will. If you fuck with us, we drop this. We drop it. Hell yeah, yes. Mega structures are my favorite." <laughs> I love giant fucking things. Right. Um, so I dig, I dig that a lot. Um, mine, uh, starting one minute and go. Um, my idea, very simply, time travel. Uh, our nuclear deterrent is that yes, you can attack us, but we uh, have mastered time travel. And uh, anytime we are facing destruction, we detect you. We will reverse time two minutes uh, beforehand and then attack you again. So literally, it does. It's not about like, oh, we can detect it and attack you first. It's yeah. we literally have reverse time. It's the edge of tomorrow. Yeah, great movie, spectacular, but yes. underrated. Yeah. Emily Blunt, fucking amazing. amazing. But it is, but yes, it is. It yeah. is the edge of tomorrow. We have mastered time travel, and so we we saw it. We might have died, but we did it, and it just started over and undid it. Dope. Yeah, that's it. Super simple. All right, cool. Uh, well, then what's uh, what's stuck for you here? I like. I mean, I I like your mushrooms. I, I like I like the little mushroom men. I think they're fun. Um, I think there's a lot of possibility with that, both for, like because again, you've created a very cool weapon, right? Yeah. Like, and so it's how to use that weapon, the stories you can tell, the Pokeball thing, right? Like, I think that's a lot. I think the the general vibe of mushroom men is fun, but I like I like it because I like force neutrality. Yeah, that is the part that I think is most interesting because. Typically, nuclear deterrence is about an act of conflict, yeah. right? Like, if you do this, I will do this to you, right? Like, because we are at war. Yeah. To say, I'm doing this because I don't want any of your shit. Yeah, just leave us alone. Leave me the fuck alone. I think that's such a cool idea for a country. Yeah. Love that idea. So, yeah, enforce neutrality. What about you? I think specifically the the urban legend about the elves behind the mushrooms are like i like the idea that they're feared you know warmongers are being so dangerous because they can do this thing and yeah the, and i like the idea of them finding the pokeball or whatever um and using that yeah, as a oh shit as a, someone's weaponized as, as a is like intel that a war is coming or something's going on I think, yeah. I think that's cool um and i think just the core the phrase of the passive deterrent i think is really sweet and um having something that well we have no control over it and mm-hmm. even if our power is diminished we still have our passive deterrent right i think that's really sweet that yeah. this country could fall apart but the passive deterrent is always there and it's in a physical location so whoever takes it over gains this passive deterrent correct so it becomes this precious commodity and uh that everybody would want mm-hmm. in the long run i think it's a great political pot potato changes warfare too because then suddenly propaganda becomes such a such almost more powerful yeah because you can't physically attack a place but you can yeah it's change hearts and minds yeah or it's that's um, what i mean right yeah like, you don't always have to you have to do more sieges you mm-hmm. just have to starve them out because mm-hmm. you, you can't attack it right but you can prevent them from going anywhere yeah you just stand at the edge of where 
their infrastructure is uh, trapped. Totally. And just say, sure, you can have your your booby-trapped infrastructure, but if you go any further than that, we'll we'll kill you there. Right. It just, it has a lot of good, but yeah. Cool. Awesome. That's what stuck for us. Let us know what stuck for you. Thanks for listening. I cut you off. Yeah, emails in the show notes. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)